Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host and reigning champion, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. I usually just say what's up, Bob, but you got to roll that belt right off. We, we all just missed. We're all 0-1 right now, and you're holding that belt uh, like you're you to proud of this week. I'm still the champ, baby. Still the champ. Yeah, so far we're 0% on calling fights, so yeah, I would roll I, that I noticed... just a second. The betting community didn't do well. (laughs) Definitely not uh, for vanity's sake, but I noticed that last week when Bobby put up the the, the picks, he put a nice little tidy C next to his name now. That's what I used to do when I did this. (laughs) Uh, uh. I I actually put some effort into this thing, Mike. Now, returning, the man who slayed COVID in like a week, which isn't bad. The good numbers right there. He slayed it, you know. Wasn't quite the two days Matt Jackson was proclaiming on Dynamite the other day. But, you know, Mike here not a professional athlete, so a week is excellent work. Lavender Gooms is back, folks. I I would like to say that for the remainder of this podcast and until next week's show, I would like to not be called Lavender Gooms, but Corona Gooms. Corona goes. All, <laughs> All right. right. Since we're using nicknames often. Yeah, these names the definitely come up often on this show. Um, yeah. You know what's interesting? I uh, So I, I, I listen to that Pat McAfee, McAfee show a lot. And they have a guy on the show who really on in the pandemic got, uh, got COVID. Um, and he came back and he started picking games really well. Like, he's, mm. like his gambling and stuff was excellent. They started calling him the COVID cowboy. Because he strolled back in like a cowboy. Just took care of business. Very much the opposite for Mike. Because getting COVID, motherfucker still can't pick a fight, huh? Well, again, again. I just want to say Mike was real. Excuse. Mike was real like, oh, it starts today. Oh, this is it. This is the one. Oh, <laughs> you know. Well, this- I, never said, I never said I was going to get every fight right. I, I said mean, I was going to beat the two of you. So um, all I had to do is be one fight better than you guys. I mean, you had a chance to be one fight better than us this week, and it didn't go so well. I mean, for any of us, let's still not let's <laughs> not, we're changing the narrative here. We all really did bad. I Again, mean, we only picked one. The fight champ, the champ shows wrong, up but... for the playoffs, man. You know, it's week one, so right. I'll, I'll be in later. <laughs> and 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 also, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people pick Giga. So, yeah, yeah, honestly, we, we, we all got a bit on that. Uh, everybody got on that hype train. So I don't, I really think like, man, we didn't see Calvin Cater for a year. And it wasn't like it went out like on a good note. Like he took the biggest beating in mm-hmm. the history of the sport, possibly. In history of the UFC, at least. But um, the fight itself, I, look, I saw how well the NFL did this weekend. So I don't think people were watching this fight in general. But um, it was good, man. I love I love elbows. I love standing elbows. And Calvin really did great work with that. Some beautiful, beautiful techniques. Uh, you can see, um, you know, especially some people saw the GIFs going around Twitter or Instagram and the short clips. 
I mean, Giga was game, but Giga got Giga got beat up. Um, Giga also said that if this fight happened 10 times, he would have won nine of them, which is a bold claim. Um, Giga was talking a lot of shit going into this fight, how he should be fighting for the title already, and why is he fighting the number five guy and all that stuff. And people have been looking at Giga's record, and a lot of his wins are over some not-so-good people. Um, you know, it's... It's really ballsy and probably the reason why he's a professional fighter and I'm not that he has the confidence to say nine out of 10 times I win. This is the one that I that I lost and his face looked like how it looked. Yeah. Um, and Calvin, you know, didn't really begrudge him. He's like, yeah, hey, man, if he thinks he thinks that he thinks that it's fine. Um, year off, though, for the man, Marcus, uh, top five featherweight, still a top five featherweight showed everybody right there. Yeah, no, he really corrected course. And, um, you know, I'm not going to play silly here. Like, I did not watch the fight, so all I have to go off of is what I heard. But what I heard is that he had a really good performance. And like you said, coming off a really devastating loss to Max Holloway, where, you know, Holloway was clowning him. Uh, he was on the receiving end of those gifts where Holloway is yelling at the, you know, announce table and hitting him with jabs and stuff. It was probably easily his worst performance his worst look in the octagon like you said potentially getting the worst beating that's ever been received in the ufc at least by you know punch count n numbers uh to come back and fight someone like giga and not just to win the fight but to win the fight in the fashion that he did stand up you know whereas that's giga's bread and butter you know this is this is why the the fight was you know highly regarded and you know we expected to have a, a good exciting fight because these guys are two stand-up fighters you know, if you would have won this fight by implementing, you know, a clinch game and ground game, it still would have been impressive because it's an impressive scalp to get, you know, an undefeated fighter like that. But to win in the fashion that he did to just basically outclass your fighter in his best attributes um, is a really good course correction for him. And I think now he can kind of put that Max Holloway fight in the, you know, in the rear view and just say like, OK, you know, that fight didn't go well. I've corrected course. I've beaten a highly regarded prospect. Um, and I'm I'm. A top contender in this weight division. Yeah, and also, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes from here. I feel like the numbers kind of got run up in that fight, too. I think we talked about it at the time that if your guy is getting beat up that badly, like, they probably should have stopped that thing, like, a while ago in that damn Max Holloway fight, honestly. Like, what? That's just a whole different conversation about, you know, the corner responsibility. But Calvin winning like this was really big for him. And uh, Giga will be good for Giga, too, man. You go back, you know, get humbled a little bit. Let's see. Uh, let's see what's up with him. Um, other big other big fights on this card. There were none, but um, relevant fighters that won. Brandon Royville got another W there. Uh, Jake Collier got a win over Jake over Chase Sherman. Actually got a finish in that on a card that really was lacking finishes. And uh, Caitlin Chukasian won yet again. But do you know what the UFC said at the end of this fight, Mark? Y your, your services aren't needed anymore. Yeah, so, you're good. You're you good. Got yeah, your title shot. Yeah, you got your title shot. You lost. Um, you set some sort of record for number of wins with a decision or something in the UFC. But with a UFC record of well, she's been here a while. Ten and four. They are not interested in retaining one of the best hundred and twenty five pound fighters in the world. Honestly. I mean yeah. she is. Well, I mean, makes sense. You know, the UFC had a really tough financial year, so they got you know Well, I mean look, the UFC her. always says their job is to put like build their job is to find no, contenders, yeah. right? And the way you stick around if you're not a contender is you make people care about your fights. It's really hard to do that. And look, I like Caitlin Chukasian. She has one of my favorite nicknames in MMA, Blonde Fighter. But her fights aren't that exciting. Um, yeah. Her most exciting fights are the ones where they go horribly wrong for her. But she's really tough. And I honestly, it's one of those things where Bellator better sign her. 
If, if I'm supposed to take Bellator serious as an organization, you're going to have to sign people like this. Just my two cents. Um, the concept of taking Bellator serious as an organization, Mike made a half smirk because he's like, what, do we do that? We take Bellator serious as an organization? <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, let's get into some of the news of this week because, as we mentioned, this card was not worth anybody's time. Um, and I needed confirmation that it was good before I watched it. This fight, at least. Um, I guess the biggest news is we got a we had a whole bunch of fights announced last week that Mark and I spent a lot of time talking about, and then a bunch of shit got moved around. And it sounds like um, first Max got hurt. I think we talked about Max getting hurt, didn't we, or not? I don't. I think we. I don't know. I honestly, if we did. don't recall if that. So had Max got Max Holloway Volkanovski three got booked, and uh, then Max got hurt two days later, and then it was a big push to see who could fight him, and uh, some of us are waving the flag of Triple C. That was me. I was one of those people. And we'll talk about that in a minute here. Um, ultimately, what came out is a Korean zombie is going to take on uh, Volkanovski. And the fight got pushed back a month. Um, Mike, that just sounds like a good time. Volkanovski and zombie, huh? Yeah, it does. Um, I think it'll be an entertaining fight. But then I guess the question you just got to ask is, does zombie really have a chance against Volkanovski? Yeah, it's, it's hard when like, we saw Volkanovski put on a clinic against, or I know this is, we're doing MMA math, but zombie, I mean, uh, Volkanovski put on a clinic, Marcus, against, um, against Ortega. And then Ortega, you know, whooped zombie's ass on his feet too. So I don't know. A fight that's on the feet is going to be, I think, difficult for the zombie, for zombie to win this one. And that tends to be how he fights in general. So we're going to have yeah. to see. If he can get it to the mat, that, that could change things. I mean, see that twister, zombie, baby. Yeah. <laughs> be really proficient on the ground. So, but I think Vol- Volkanovski is also, you know, he knows what's going on down there. And he's he's masterful at negating the fight ever going there. I don't really recall a lot of times seeing him on his back or even on the ground at all. So Well, that's that, that, or, that Ortega that. third round, which well, somehow he got out of that shit. Somehow well he got out of that, him, though. But he he got out of it. Yeah. He did. And, and he did some punishment on top, too. So, yeah, the good caveats there as well. So um, I'm bringing up Cejudo um, because Cejudo wanted this, was wanted this fight for a while. He wanted an opportunity to go after another belt. And Dana White said some stuff like, oh, we don't do stuff like that. We don't let you just come out of retirement and fight for a championship. And it's like, GSP did this. this. Oh, all right, come on, come on, come on, guys. We know what's up here. Hmm. Like, we all can try to pretend like this is apples to apples, but this shit ain't apples to apples, all right? This is cash to cash, all right? The reason why GSP was able to do that is because he's a pay-per-view draw. No one gives a shit about Henry Cejudo. I mean, no one gives a shit about Alexander Volkanovsky either. I think the concept of an Olympic... Why, also, man, the guy won an Olympic gold medal, okay? He held okay. two titles, and, uh, him sure. and, he, and he did good numbers. He did good, good numbers, him and TJ. What's good? Huh? What's good numbers? Better than Colby Covington and Robbie Lawler numbers. Is it, than- is it... Is it enough? All right, because it's one thing for him to get kind of paid. Mike. We know the answer. Well, what it's, are we it's arguing another, about? It's another thing—the money that Henry Cejudo Mike, is probably Mike, asking for. He Mike, probably thinks he's there. It is. when it comes to the money. That's the thing. Henry Cejudo's wanted a raise for two years. Henry Cejudo wants more money to fight. That's why he stopped fighting. He didn't think it was worth it for the money they were paying him. That's the debate. And UFC doesn't pay anybody because, whatever. We're gonna talk about that some more, I guess. I mean, I guess we talk about it every week. UFC ain't paying folks. This is what it is. Um, but yeah, Marcus, he was just lying. Like, they do it all the time. 
Like they yeah, will I happily mean, I mean, book this fight. To be <laughs> fair, I mean, yeah, I mean, I know Dana's he didn't want it, was, but they would happily like the logic he used was bullshit. <laughs> well, yeah, Dana's thing is like, oh, like this doesn't happen, but it's like, well, you call the shots, you you make the fight. So if you wanted it to happen, you absolutely could make it happen. And I think, I mean, I I wouldn't hate the match if it happened. I could see why they wouldn't, and why there's questions being raised about like a guy who's never fought in the weight division. Just and look at you, you, you can talk about GSP. And you can talk about Randy Couture coming out of retirement and getting title shots, but like those are legends. And, you know, uh, Henry did a lot in his championship reign. He had a good run there, but it wasn't super long. Like he won some great fights, but it was not a like a legacy building thing. So, I mean, at the end of the day, like I would be I think that'd be interesting. And I think you could like wh- whether he he's made good pay-per-view numbers or not, I think you could really sell a pay-per-view where it's like, this guy, whether you like him or hate him, and and he has a personality where you're probably on one of those sides, he's going to be the first guy to be a triple champion in a weight division. No one else has done that, so you could sell a pay per view on also, that alone. It's like, I don't know, I I'm, I lost my train of thought there, but but like I don't I don't understand. I mean, we're just lying. I mean, it seems like we just you've been on TV for 25 years, man. We know we know the stuff you've said, like. Like, I mean, we're all going to, like, you can't pick and choose when we decide these belts mean something. You know what I mean? You can't give title shots to people coming off of losses, okay? Because I swear to God, Conor McGregor's about to leapfrog Charles Oliveira. I mean, I leapfrog Justin Gaethje, okay? I swear to God, I think that's about to happen here, okay? And he's coming off of two losses, right? Or is the last one not technically, what did he lose by? Did he lose the second one? The third no, one? No, it's a loss. Did yeah. it count as a loss? Yeah. Man hasn't won a fight in this weight class. That's what has accounted as a TKO. When was the last time he won a fight in this weight class? At one fifty-five. Yeah, when he won the belt. Honest question. And I look, I, I look. If we're either we're gonna decide these things matter or we don't, and you can't all of a sudden decide there's any sort of deference I gotta hold to these championships, where you booked an interim title fight, interim heavyweight title fight because your champion had the audacity to not want to fight, you know, two months after he won the fucking belt. Yeah. Do do they use the the props? These belts do we are think he really? Do we think he really cares about the championship, Dana White? Or it's really just about the money? No, right? listen, we're not going to have this conversation. I mean, we have this like they're not paying the fighters, and he wants to not say that because that's all anybody talks about at this point. That has become a narrative. Everybody knows these guys aren't getting paid. Okay, that what's his name has got fucking like thirty million people on YouTube following him, and I don't know how many on Instagram. The kid, people know the UFC fighters don't get paid. I don't know. I just like. I don't know why I'm, I mean, the man lies all the time. What's the point? Everything that comes out of his mouth is bullshit. So, but yeah, Zombie and Volkanovski. Um, the other fight that got moved over there was the other, t- the other title fight for that card was Aljamain Sterling and Peter Yan got moved uh, one month back. And as Aljo tells it, it's because Peter Yan isn't vaccinated and can't get into the wherever this fight's happening in time. I don't know. Sure. Did we get confirmation on that? Anybody see that? Like I think that's just we're just gonna take Aljo's word for it, I guess. Is is Peter Yan like a, a resident here of the United States? Like doesn't does I think he, he's in Russia, doesn't he? Yeah, like don't like if you come here, like if you come to the United States, don't you have to be vaccinated? I don't know. This is Russia. They can't put paperwork together saying he's vaccinated anyway. These people so this is Russia. He didn't get, he didn't get that Sputnik. I'm vaccine? saying Russia just made like we're just p- pumping out fake drug tests for years to Olympic athletes. We can't get a piece of paper for Peter. Um. The end of the story is the main event of the March pay-per-view is now Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal. Main event. Five rounds. No title. Two men who've lost two times to the champion. 
and they got some sort of blood feud. But we've reached a point with Jorge Masvidal that we have no reason to want him to beat up Colby Covington because he's the same MAGA prick that Colby possibly is. And you know what? Colby doesn't believe the stuff coming out of his mouth. I haven't decided if that's better or worse, Mark. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I'll really be honest with you uh, at this point. I mean, I, I think stylistically, it's just like, yeah, I don't really think Masvidal's going to have much for Co uh, Covington <clears throat> because he's so aggressive. He's so There's so many areas he's just better than Jorge is. It's, it's going to be... Interesting to see the buildup and, and the trash talk because that's kind of where Jorge probably has he does his best work. You know, he he has not displayed a great showing in the octagon in a while. And and part of it is because he's talked himself up such a big game. He's been getting really tough fights that he hasn't been able to clear, you know. So it's a big matchup for him. If if he can get a win over Covington, that I would think it's gonna be a course for him. I'm not disparaging the fight. I'm not saying it's not gonna be a good fight necessarily. I think it could be good. I mean, Colby, not of his fights aren't like he doesn't get a lot of finishes, but I think the pace he puts on, guys, can lead to some exciting stuff happening. And Jorge's the finisher. But these things cost 75 bucks now. And yeah, there's it's a no title fights. It's, it's, it's going to be a really hard ask to spend 75 bucks for two fights that, like, there's no title fight. And also for two guys, I, I generally just don't like at this point as I mean, human beings. You, you got to book a heel fight? You're going to book two heels in the main event? I'm just saying. Um, yeah, you got to. Mark and I were talking about this, I think, off air. We're like, we got to get a. You got to get a serious co main event on this, right, Mark? Like, you got to get, like, I don't know what that even is if it's not it's a title like, fight. It's only like a month and a half away. It's got to be five rounds, first of all. I don't know what it's going to even be. You're going to get, like, if you can get Nate and Dustin, you think Nate's going to agree to co-main event for him too? Nate's a bigger pay-per-view star than both of them. You're not going to get Nate. Um, I don't know. I don't even know what it would be. If if Nate gets on this card, why are we assuming he'd be the co-main? That's what I'm saying. Nate's not going to agree to be the co-main event. Over a no Nate agreed to be a non-co-main event when there was a title fight in front of him. You can't. Also, it doesn't make any business sense for Nate to be co-main event to these two guys. Nate's the most well-known person out of the three of them. Nate is possibly the biggest pay-per-view star they have outside of Conor McGregor at this point, like in terms of name, like notoriety. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You want to get like Nick? Is Nick in a fight? I'm trying to think what fights they could put together that are five rounds that people give a shit about that aren't even like on the docket. You need to let Francis try to punch Dana? You know, maybe? Maybe an interim belt of some sort? That sounds about, it sounds right, doesn't it? We have an interim belt coming. <laughs> well, that would also be weird if there was an interim belt that wasn't the main event. <laughs> Well, I mean, the heavyweight champion, if he wins this weekend, says he's not fighting again under his current deal. Maybe he vacates, and then then you can do a heavyweight fight, Stipe and the loser Ooh. or something. How many maybe people? maybe Francis, if he wins, he does WWE style, and like as he's leaving the octagon, he just throws the championship into the trash. Yeah, someone has a trash can nearby. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I heard there's jewels in that belt. He should pluck those things out first. That make it even more baller. Oh, I, I I don't believe anything the UFC said about how real that belt was. I'll be, be honest. I think the UFC was but sick of giving multiple. The Dana White's still pissed. He had to get 12 belts. He had to get 12 belts from Mighty Mouse. That shit ain't nothing but stained glass, bro. That shit ain't no rubies. <laughs> they bought shit that shit at the, you know, in the mall between the you know the middle, the, mall, the booth there. The uh, little kiosks. Um, yeah, I don't know, Mike. We gotta They got to do something. I mean... Unless I've misjudged how popular Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal are. Uh, Great. Run. I don't know. I, I don't think the MAGA crowd uh, wants to spend 75 bucks for a UFC fight. 
I mean, mainly, honestly, mainly because their trailers don't get cable and uh, they probably don't have $75. They should ask the president to do comment. They should ask the former president to do commentary. Just lean into this thing, man. That might save it. They might actually sell something that way. Not not to us, but somebody. Um, yeah, we'll see what they do with that. Um, other news we got this week. Uh, Amanda Nunes is leaving American Top Team. I wonder why. She wants to make her own, American Top Team. I don't know. It sounds the word is she wants to make like her own gym, and maybe like make it more of a boxing style thing where like the focus is just on her. Because Top Team Marcus is maybe the biggest gym, like just in terms of number of fighters, right? Like, and I know mm-hmm. they have a very large facility in over in Florida. They have actually moved to an even bigger one, but maybe she, you know, thinks she needs some more one on one attention. I guess. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's unrealistic. Like you said, that's, I mean, all top boxers don't have like a gym where there's a bunch of, you know, prospects in there and they just pound it out every day. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm the main attraction here. Everything revolves around my preparation. So it's not like, yeah, we're going to do 15 minutes of sparring and the coach is going to walk around and give me a tip here and there as he catches what I'm doing. It's like, no, all eyes on me. I'm the focus. I'm the breadwinner. I'm paying everyone in this gym. Money's coming out of my pocket to pay you, so everyone's focused on me. I mean, I think that's what most championships probably should do. I think it's tough to be in a gym like American Top Team where it's like literally there's 20, 30, 40 you, you know, Mike Brown only has so much there. time to come around. Mike Brown can only do so much. He's cornering half the card. And like and I, you and also I'm, don't want to be in a situation where like, you know, you're Rashad Evans three weeks out from a title fight and Diego Sanchez rolls onto your fucking knee, you know, and all of a sudden John Jones gets a title shot in front of you. You know, I'm just saying, like, when you're the focus, what you mentioned, Mark, yeah, it does make sense if, if they all got paid enough money to do it. And I mean, so, it's, and it's not saying that, like, American Top Team doesn't give these, you know. Oh, yeah, they're killing it these elite, days. <laughs> uh, well, no, 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 just like giving their elite athletes, the people that in title contention that have big fights coming up, don't get private time. I'm sure they do. But I, I do kind of like when you look at, like, Whitman, it's like he has three fighters, you know, and that is the focus. And it's like that's maybe as much as like a top trainer should be focusing. It should really all be about this person's preparation. And I mean, but look, it, it's a great business. I'm not, I'm not, you know, hating on American Top Team. They've done a fantastic job of cultivating, you know, a gym full of killers, you know, and you know, steel sharpened steel or whatever you want to say. But I think at some point, especially when you are someone like Amanda, Amanda Nunes, who's become kind of a double champion, you know, someone of that caliber, if you can afford to have your own training camps and, you know, bring in your own training partners and everything's going to be focused around you, I think that's probably the way to go. I mean, that's what boxing I mean, also, I think, I mean, doing, so. we haven't heard from her necessarily too. And like, you don't know, maybe she's trying to build a gym and like she wants her own team also because she knows, so you know, one, I got a few one, years one left. One question. Yeah, that's one one thing you just touched on there is uh, on she has a few years left. Wasn't she considering retirement just like last fight? Was she, or did we manifest that every time we've talked about it? She has mentioned it, hasn't she? I feel she's had a kid. I don't know how many. If I'm Nunes, Nunes fights more than two years, I'd be surprised. So what I'm what I'm wondering is, I guess you know everyone has you know feels they should do what they need to do, but if she only has like a fight or two left, I don't know. I I don't understand the wanting to break off from American Top Team that helped create make you into a champion. And basically just uproot your life for like maybe one or two training camps. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she's just trying to set up that future income source of a gym or something. Or I don't know. Maybe she stops fighting and, you know, Nina starts fighting more. And I don't know. We got to hear from the former champion. 
You know, see what the goat wants to do. Maybe there's some logic to it. So she's she's still a champion. Just oh, she is. I'm sorry. She is the hundred forty five champion. I forgot about that title. Much like everybody else has. Um. All right, Francis Ngannou specifically says he is not fighting under his current UFC deal after this fight, where there is allegedly one more fight left. But there, but there's no long title. It no longer goes on forever. Your 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 uh, contract um, that changed somewhere around the time the UFC got the shit suit out of him. So there is some sort of. It's funny how that works. Um, there's some sort of time limit to this championship, to this uh, contract too. Um, and I, Mark, and I were talking about this. I think last week where we mentioned Francis. The UFC doesn't like Francis's management. We don't think it's a coincidence that. Endeavor owns the UFC and their biggest competition is CAA in terms of talent management and Francis's management is from CAA. So uh, makes you wonder if there's some sort of statement being made here. Um, I, I mean, I guess we can talk about what we expect. We're all, we can make our picks in a second here, but I don't, I can't think of somebody, Mike, that, embodies more of what the UFC want and wants out of heavyweight champion than this man. I would short disagree. Of, short of Brock Lesnar. But like in I terms would, of like what what you, they have their own Mike Tyson, man. What do you mean? No, I I, I disagree with you a hundred percent as uh, this is what the UFC wants. Because you know what he isn't? Hmm. Complacent. Okay. You know what he isn't? Compl- uh, no, not complacent. Compliant. That's the word I was yeah, looking Yeah, compliant. For. Yeah. He's not compliant at all. He wants more money. UFC ain't dealing with that shit. Get the fuck out of there. As you said as you said in the podcast last week and in many other times before, what's more valuable to the UFC are those three letters than the letters that make up the person's last name. That's so, true, but I mean, you got to have something. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, they, maybe, maybe, they'll, maybe they'll, they're going to see. They have not promoted this fight worth a shit. Okay? They have done nothing to promote this fight. It's just happening this weekend in the middle of the NFL playoffs about, you know, are there, yeah. is there a game straight up against this pay-per-view? I don't think so. You I hope think, not, right? I think the the Saturday night game probably ends around 1030, maybe maybe 10, maybe 11 o'clock. Yeah, because the um, Niner game is the one third of the 130 slash 430 game is the 49ers and Packers game on Saturday. All right. There, there's probably two games on Saturday, right? Yeah, I think there's two games on Saturday and Sunday, so I'm assuming the night game is probably starting at 7 or, they, or 8 o'clock. Is it me, or do they normally not have pay-per-views right in the middle of this? Like, they normally have their pay-per-view, like, like normally, after the Super Bowl and then, or yeah, the beginning I, of the month. I, yeah, I was going to say, normally there's a end-of-the-year pay-per-view, yeah. and then the next pay-per-view will be the weekend of the Super Bowl. Yeah. Normally. There's normally not a pay-per-view in the middle of January. I'm not saying they're setting him up for failure, but this seems like it's going to get drowned out by some of the uh, coverage. I would say yes. I would say they are setting him up for you failure. You are, okay. <laughs> because one one thing that we talked about before is that with the ESPN deal, they're basically just making bank, just putting out... Um, you know, with all due respect, just putting out slop on, you know, what whatever Saturday, right? So when it comes to the pay-per-views, pay-per-views isn't as big a revenue generator for them as it as it was before. It's more just about quantity rather than quality. So 
I wouldn't put it past them that one bargaining tactic they're doing is not promoting this fight at all, have the numbers not be that great considering it's a Francis Ngannou fight, and then possibly try to get them at the cheap or just try to play hardball with them. Look, you're not a needle mover. You don't sell shit, all right? Get your ass back in line. I swear to God, Mark, this was my say, 600K this- uh, fight. I was going to bring that up during the Colby and Mosfet all day because I'm like, UFC doesn't like dealing with any of these guys. They're going to make a main event of pay-per-view and it's going to fucking die at $75. Um, let's just get into the card, I guess, because we're already there, right? I mean, let's just get into it and, you know, make our picks. Yeah. Um, but I guess before we do, Marcus, the only thing you want to say about Francis wanting to get paid? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think you guys made both good points. I mean, I think it, it's just interesting to see, like, yeah, how excited Dana was leading up to the um, Stipe fights for Francis potentially to be their champion, to be this guy that, you know, puts on really fun, exciting performances in the octagon. You know, hardly Anvis fights go to the decision. They're always, almost always by knockout. Um, and then, yeah, once he starts talking about getting paid more, once, you know, he has management representing him, how quickly that 180 comes where it's like, oh, yeah, we're not, you know, we're not, it doesn't seem like the promotional machine is quite in full force as you think it would be for this type of fight. Like, this is not just like, a heavyweight title fight. This is a really competitive one where these guys both have history with each other. The little backstage snub gift. They're on the same fucking team. They have yeah. his former coach in the other corner. You're going to sold the shit out of storylines. Yeah, there's Frenchmen lots of storylines. Well. Yeah, yeah, there's lots of storylines. There's lots of interest. I think stylistically, it's a really interesting fight, which we'll get into. And, and yeah, I mean, I don't think we're as like, tapped into the marketing of this as much as like maybe we should be but it doesn't seem like from where we're standing like there doesn't seem to be a Yo, lot man, of hubbub i watched so much fucking sports this weekend all right i watched so much football mm. on espn so espn's not getting as much mike how much did you see i saw it at the bottom of the screen a few times like yeah. all of it how much how much how many ads for this thing do you see oh not one i saw them on sports center like at the bottom of the screen pretty much this is the heavyweight title this is literally what they dreamed of is having a man like this. They haven't had a champion they like this much since fucking Brock Lesnar. Okay. I mean, they they gave they gave Francis such a big push. I remember the before his first title fight. I mean, it was amazing. Cause that's what really makes it stark, just how little they promoted this fight. Because we've seen them promote this shit out of Francis before in the past. They pretty much said he was the destroyer of worlds. In his last mm-hmm. fight. I mean, Marcus, you and I were talking about. We were talking on the show. We're like, mm-hmm. his last yeah. fight, Stipe was furious after the first fight, right? Yeah, like, he didn't want Dana to put the belt around him because he was hyping up Francis and not giving him any credit. So, yeah, it's it, the 180 turn is apparent, um, and it's kind of shameful. I mean, this guy's on video for all these years, and people still defend him. It's amazing. Props to Dana, man. You convince, you convincingly sell people on this uh, this bullshit over year after year. Eventually, it'll catch up, but not yet. All right, um, there's only we only have four fights on the main card, from what I can tell, because uh, we Alexi Olenek, it was Alexi Olenek, I think, versus uh, versus Greg Hardy was on the books for this weekend, mm-hmm. and then uh, Alexi Olenek withdrew due to undisclosed reasons, which I'm choosing to mean that means COVID from now on. That's what I've decided it means for me personally. Not saying that's what he has, but if you don't give me a reason and it's undisclosed, I'm going with COVID. Um, and then they said, well, we're going to have Sergey Spivak find uh, Greg Hardy instead. And then Greg Hardy, like, broke his finger, and then there was just no fight. Um, I was going to see if there's a fifth fight, but for now, we're just going to pick this, uh, the four fights on the main card. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just uh, lead off with the heavyweight championship of the world. 
Francis Ngannou taking on Cyril Gon. Um, I'm finally saying the man's name right. Last time we saw Francis, he beat the greatest heavyweight the UFC's ever seen in two rounds, I want to say. Maybe three. Um, in two. Two. Um, really showed a lot of development in his game there. You know, stuff to take down. Was doing some weird off some offensive stuff, actually, on the ground. Um, Cyril gone. Last time we saw him, um, he was beating Derek Lewis's ass in front of all of Derek Lewis's friends and family in Houston. Um, not a good look. It was not a good look for Derek. He was, he talks about it. I mean, Derek would appreciate the honesty on my part. Um, undefeated 10 and 0, um, 7 and 0 in the UFC wins over three people. No one's ever heard of junior dos Santos, uh, biggie boy and Volkov. So, and then Derek Lewis. Um, he's got four knockouts, three submissions, three decisions. He'll get you from everywhere. And Ganu, before his uh, win over St over Stipe, um, brutalized four men in a combined like minute and seventy minute, like a minute, two minutes. Um, Biggie Boy, Junior Dos Santos, Kane, and Curtis Blades. Betting line for this one, gentlemen. Um, let me get the most recent one. Do you guys have it in front of you though? Uh, minus 150 favorite for Surreal Gone. Oh, it's moved a little bit. Which one are you looking at? DraftKings? Yeah. DraftKings, just more money is coming on Gone. Gone is now a minus 155 to Francis and Ganu's plus 135. Um, on FanDuel, which I'm bringing up because of Mike, minus 144 and plus 118. Um, I'm going to pick Francis. Um, I recognize how good Cyril is technically, and he's looked really good against people like the Biggie Boy and Derek Lewis and stuff like that. Some of this is me kind of giving giving the result I want because I think the play out of Francis being the heavyweight champion is, you know. You know, I said it the other day, and I said it'd be good for the fighters, and Mark's like, what do you mean? It's going to be good for Francis if he still wins. And I'm like, that's true. There's no end game where the fighters all get paid more. Um I want Francis to get paid. I want to see where this all plays out. But I also think, I think he's going to hit him. I think he's going to hit him. And I think he's going to hit him hard. And I don't think Surreal's going to, I think Francis is faster than the, than all these other guys that Surreal's beaten. And I think it's going to be a hard time for him to avoid getting hit by him. I recognize the later the fight goes, it might benefit Surreal. But I think the first two or three rounds, I think Ngannou can put him away. So that's my pick. Marcus, your pick. Uh, yeah, I'm going with the odds, odds maker on this one. Um, I'm picking Gane or Gone or whatever. Um, I, like you, I kind of hope Francis wins. I think there's a lot of things orbiting him right now that's really interesting. I think the potential boxing matchup with him and uh, Tyson Fury, while it would be you know a clusterfuck on his part, I, I, I don't even know if that fight would be able to get licensed. Honestly, it may be another ex exhibition or something. But I think that is that's some fun hijinks. Floyd and Connor got ex got booked. Just that say was an it. exhibition. That was like that no, was that was real. That was win number fifty. Yeah, that was win number crazy. So I mean, maybe because I think like that kind of cross promotional stuff is really fun. Um, and Francis is down, uh, Fury's down, so that's kind of interesting. And I don't know if that materializes if he doesn't win this fight, right? If he's not the UFC champion, whether it's former because he's not with the organization anymore, if he's coming off a loss, I just don't know if they book that because I don't know if it has the heat um, that they would want. Even though I think that would still be fun. Um, I do think 
uh, Cyril is just like, he's a very polished technical guy. And I think where Francis does his best work, where he's able to get these big knockouts is exploiting the weaknesses and mistakes off of his fighters um, that he fights against. And I just don't know if Gon's going to make those mistakes. I think he's going to be very tactical, meticulous through the first couple of rounds for sure. And then maybe if he's getting to the point like he did with uh, Derek Lewis, where he's up on points, he's damaging him, him consistently, and he can put the, the the fight away, maybe he will. But I wouldn't put it past him just to try to outwork and get rounds and try to get Francis tired. Um, so yeah, my heart's definitely with Francis. I hope he gets the big knockout like you're, I mean, you're expecting. like something. I mean, if he's able to pull it off in the first round, in the first minute, that could be Oh, Mark, you know, what if he knocks him out? And just walks over to where Dana White is standing, is sitting, and just stares at him. If that's how Ngannou Ooh. wins, that'd be fucking some legendary shit. <laughs> okay, yeah, legendary. And very feasible. I mean, this is kind of what he does. That's in his wheelhouse. I just think I think Gon's going to be a, a tough guy to do that against. Um, so I I do think tactically. It's going to be a very interesting fight for Francis to figure out those nuances to land that big shot. And if he can't, it's going to be interesting to see if he can rely on other avenues. I think what's kind of interesting with Gon early on in his UFC career, he was winning by submission. So it's like even if Francis has been practicing wrestling and getting on top and controlling that way, like is he going to be able to do that with a guy that's been able to pull off heel hooks and arm triangles? I don't know. There's a lot of interesting facets here. It's why it's kind of perplexing why there's not more hype around it. Um, the other right, side of that right is the it, lack of promotion. Well, yeah, I mean, the other side of that is that, like, if Gon does win, we could have a a stark opposite of what Francis is, like, where he's not a very exciting guy. He's winning a lot of five round decisions. Um, but we also, but I don't want to, I don't want to paint that picture because I was really impressed with the Derek Lewis fight, where he clearly could have done that. He could have just paced himself. Went, he was winning every round. Derek Lewis was, you know, not able to really assert himself. And he went for the finish. And I was really impressed with that because he could have just played a smart tactical fight and just worn him down and got the decision. But he he went for the for the KO and the win. And I give him a lot of credit for that. So I don't know. I, this fight is very intriguing, let alone how much you, hype is getting around the it. The poor marketing of it. UFC think Francis is about to win? Because if they didn't think he was going to win, don't you want this other guy to get some credit at the end of this? You want anybody else to watch this other guy? But it doesn't matter. I don't care. If they, it, it doesn't matter if they think that Francis is you gonna. Know, I'm I'm just going to put this out. Uh, I was on, on the co-main event podcast. They referred to this era, um, as the just some fights era of UFC. We're just putting on some fights, man. On Saturday, turn on your TV. There's going to be some fights on TV. Are they good? Are they bad? They're on TV. And you know what? Every now and then we'll put a pay per view together that you're going to care about. Last weekend, just some fights. This card, honestly, about half of it is just some fights, minimum, if not more. Um, they don't care, huh? They're just they're just content producers now, Mike. That's it. We're just, you know, just gotta put out, you know, another thing next week for ESPN Plus. Yeah. Um, and, who do you and, got, buddy? And if, and if that's the case, doesn't really matter unless you are a megastar. Um, doesn't really give matter who's the champion. So. In this uh, first of irrelevant championships, I'm going to go with the actual champ. Remaining irrelevant and champion. So, Francis. Yeah. All right. Two for Francis, Mark, and the betting line for Surreal Gone. Co-main event. Uh, the assassin baby, Brandon Moreno, taking on Davis and Figueredo. Why are we doing this again? No one knows. Um, we felt we, I think we all recognize that last fight was pretty fucking decisive. 
Um, betting odds for this one. Um, we got Brandon as a minus 180. Brandon Moreno minus 180. To Figueroa's plus 155. Um, that's on DraftKings, on FanDuel. Um, slightly higher favorite uh, for Brandon Moreno, minus 188. Um, Moreno's last is last. These guys, their recent history is each other. Uh, the first fight, one of the best fights anybody's ever seen. Best fight of the year for a lot of people. Best flyweight fight, championship fight ever. Uh, Figueredo got, lost a point and probably cost him the fight. Um, but it was a, just incredible fight. Um, second fight, there was no real point where Brandon was in danger. And uh, he put Figueredo away in the third round. I honestly thought it was sooner. Put him away with a rear naked choke. Gave a real heartwarming speech afterwards. Uh, we're going to do it again, even though I think everybody recognized that Pantoja is actually probably the most logical next contender, considering he also has beaten the champion and nearly beaten the former champion. Um, Figueroa saying some stuff where Brandon is a traitor to Henry Cejudo or something. I don't know. Henry Cejudo might be there. I don't know why this matters. Um, I'm picking how is, how is he? How is he a traitor? I don't know. The guy retired. Was who's not supposed to fight for the belt? Um, I got Brandon Moreno adding to his Lego collection this weekend, folks. Is, is it because they're both Mexican? Is that is that why? Is that why? Is that okay? Fine. Um, I got Moreno. He's gonna buy a fucking Lego Death Star with this money after he wins this fight. Um, I, I have a hard time. I think Figueroa kind of fights the way Figueroa does, and while Brandon can be hit, I think he kind of he made the proper adjustments, and it's on Figueroa to make adjustments this time. And I've never seen him fight a, a different way, Marcus. I'll be honest. He just fights the way he fights, and it's worked very well for him. But I got Moreno getting it done here. Who do you got? Uh, yeah, I'm with you for a lot of the same reasons. You know, um, that second fight really showed a lot of adjustments from Moreno's part, and not a lot from Figueroa's part. So I'm sure there's going to be some minor adjustments, but I have to imagine, you know, his whole success has been com come off of just being extremely aggressive and going after it. And Moreno was able to capitalize off that in the second fight, and I think he's going to be able to do so. Again, um, and unlike my last pick, also I like Moreno. I think he's a great champion. I think, I think, I think honestly, both these guys are good champions for different reasons. I think uh, Moreno, charismatic. I mean, charisma wise is great. I think Figueroa was so action packed. He. I mean, really, you and me were early on the Figueroa hype train. I remember for like you and well, me I were watching he, this guy early he, on. He vitalized this weight division a yeah. bit, and I think you know you have to give some credit to Henry because when Henry was champion too, he was getting finishes. I think this was a division that. Had lost a lot of steam because there wasn't a lot of star power. Mm. Mighty Mouse had dominated his division. He was in laughing a lot of at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but in a lot of performances that just were uninspiring. It was just mm. like, oh, he's clearly better than this guy. And I learned that in the first two minutes of the fight. And now I have to watch 23 more minutes of him just like playing around with the opponent and not finishing him. Um, so it was fun to see Figueroa, uh, to see Henry get in there and, and, and finish guys, you know, to, to, to see Henry beat Mighty Mouse, and then go on a run where he was just demolishing yeah, he fucked, people. He smashed TJ, he smashed uh, Dominic, and then, yeah. you know, Figueroa smashed Benavides twice, then, you know. And then Figueroa capitalized on that as well. He was a super action-packed fighter. He was showing that this division is not only, like, just a high skill level and high speed, like, it could be really exciting. There can be damage done here. There could be finishes to these fights, which I, I think he revitalized it, and then I think Moreno is just almost, like, another level of that. Not only just, like, 
He's an action fighter. It's really exciting to see him fight. But he has a personality that you want to root for. So I think he encompasses. And then, you know, I think you look at the uh, Mexican angle, too. I mean, they wanted a Mexican champion all these years, right? They got one. (laughs) And I mean, not not only is he just, you know, is but he's on like the Spanish broadcast. He's become kind of integral into the UFC machine, into that market. So I I think it's important for them that he wins to some degree. And I just think he's a great fighter. and He's just a fun personality. So I'm definitely pulling for him in this one. But. I think it's going to be a really great fight. I think both fights were really good. I think these guys matching up, it, it's hard not to have a good fight because they are so aggressive and they really go after the finish. So I'm looking forward to it, but I think Rano's going to win. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great fight. I like both uh, the top two fights, my, uh, Mark, for such a, I think, a generally a thin card overall uh, compared to other pay-per-views. Really good, these two title fights. I don't necessarily <laughs> agree that we needed to do this third fight, but it'll be right. fun. Um, Mike, what do you got? Yeah, so I'm... Um... Going with Moreno as well, so I think we're going to be sweeping this one. Uh, it's not a good trajectory for Figueredo. Uh, first fight um, was very close. Second fight, Moreno seemed to figure things out. Um, and I think it'll be very hard for Figueredo to figure out what went wrong in the first two fights, considering that he hasn't really had much time to um, you know, really improve on what he needs to improve on or you know, really fix anything that, you know, went wrong in the first two fights, considering that this is literally the next fight. They've literally just fought in each other, you know, three times in a row with no break. Um, I've got Moreno. I've got Moreno on this one. All right, clean sweep. Um, next fight, uh, Michelle, Pere- Michelle Pereira. Um, oh, I automatically just put Michael. Michelle Pereira. Taking on uh, Andre Fialo, who looks very familiar, but I guess has not been in the UFC. Yeah, that'd be tough because this is UFC debut. He's been in Bellator. Do you remember watching Bellator Maybe? 207? I don't know. He looks very familiar to me. Um, he might. We might have been at one of the shows he was in, too, to be honest. Did we go to Phil Davis versus King Mo? I feel we did. Does that sound right? He might have been I'm at that not one. sure, to be honest. Um, anyway. Short notice fight for him, um, taking on Michelle Pereira, who we I've been very guilty of making fun of all the cartwheels and shit he does, but it's been a long time since he's done some dumb shit. So um, the betting line for this one, I'm, he's a big fucking favorite. He's minus 280. It, um, is this one of the classic, does this man have a Wikipedia page? No. He doesn't have a Wikipedia page. He's on Sharedog. Right. He's 14 and 3 um, with a lot of knockouts. Um, look, Michelle Pereira has really turned it around. It looks like three straight wins. I'm going to, I'm going to keep riding that train. I think he's going to get the win here. And it's little talked about, but this motherfucker is huge for this weight class. Like he is massive. He is like six foot two. All right. He is like built like a brick shit house. So I got, I got Pereira. Mike, you got him too? Yeah, I've got him as well. He's um, not nearly as big of an idiot as he was when he first came in the UFC. Marcus, what are you thinking, man? Yeah, hard to go against him. I think, too, his last three fights, even his um, three fights ago, they've all gone to the third round, and he's won. And I think that's credit to better strategy, better stamina, utilization, You know, making sure that he has the, the energy to go to the distance and not gas himself out, which I think was one of his biggest criticisms. And then you look at the other guys, like mm, UFC debut, it's a big stage. On a pay-per-view with the heavyweight title, You know, there's going to be a lot more eyes on him, more interviews than he's probably used to, even though they're not marketing this fight as much. So I think all those factors come in. It makes 
Pierre a little easier of a pick than maybe otherwise. Um, other fight we're picking. Said Nurmagomedov taking on Cody Staman. Cody Staman coming off of two straight losses. Um, Side bounced back from his uh, lone UFC loss to Raoni Barcelos to beat a guy with no Wikipedia page. Um, Said's a minus 200 favorite to plus 170 for Cody Staman. And I think this is the fight where Cody Staman gets his walking papers, folks. Um, he got a lot of fights and a lot of them go to decision. I, they're not that exciting. I think he put him against the Dagestani, um, former bantamweight champion in the, uh, that organization owned by the dead, the warlord over there, uh, ABKC4 something. Um, I got, I got, I got side getting it done here. Marcus, what about you? Yeah, I'm with you too. Not a lot of analysis here. Um, but yeah, coming off two losses. We'll see what happens, but yeah, not going with Cody on this one. Mike? Sweeping it. Sweeping it. Um, let me check real briefly to see if they've decided what is the fifth main card fight. Um, because there isn't one at the moment. Oh, wow. There's actually a picture of Nganu on the front page of UFC.com. Shocking. Okay, we got... All right, they're still listing Greg Hardy versus Sergey Spivak on the UFC website. So clearly they're on top of it, guys. Um, yeah, if that fight, they're really like just like mailing it in this week, huh? Yeah, if I if 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 that fight is still happening, I think we 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 all got Sergey Spivak. It's probably just saying at this point. Um, all right. Well, I don't know what else there is to say. I guess the other news is we can talk about Bellator for a moment, where they booked their welterweight champion That's in right. a title fight against Michael Venom Page, and uh, we none of us know the name of the welterweight champion, but it doesn't matter because he's fighting MVP in London. So we clearly know what the, the Bellator doesn't care about him either. Mm. So that's that's what's happening. Is London there. is London even allowed to like be outside right now? These are all good questions. These are all good questions, Mike. I don't know. Do not know. Um, Henry Cejudo talking shit about Peter Yan. Okay. Um, that's sounds a like that's a man just trying to stay relevant. That's a bad. Sounds right like there. Gilbert Burns is is the one who wants to fight Chimaev, which mm. that sounds awesome on every level. And he says, "Let's go five mm-hmm. rounds main event in Brazil." Um, let's go oh, five rounds co-main with Kobe Jorge. <laughs> yeah, honestly, put that shit over there. At least give me give me something. Um, May is when they're gonna do it, Mike. Uh, mm. MVP and. Amosav is his name. Um, yeah, they lost a lot of fights this card, by the way. Andre Arlovsky is booked for a tie of title fight, for a book for not for a title fight, booked for a fight. UFC 271. Nice of him to still be active. They're booking fights with a lot of un not popular people. It sounds like. I think Kevin Holland is going down to welterweight. Okay. That's that's interesting. That. That's interesting. Um, it's on the same card as that uh, Covington and Mosfidal card, a Mosfidal fight. Um, and Matt Brown is going to main event a UFC card. It sounds like in Columbus, Ohio. So, how many fights has Matt Brown lost in a row? I don't think. I think he's won a few, actually. Ooh, it bounces back and forth, but I, I'm kind of beside myself. I mean, I, the guy is a legend. 
for different reasons than a lot of the other legends in the UFC, but I didn't think I'd ever see a day where, and I hate, I hate saying this cause I'm like throwing mad shit on the guy, but like he's a main event. <laughs> he, 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 he did back. It's not, it's not the main event. Against Diego I take it back. It's not the main event. Okay. Okay. I mean, look, I don't want to hate on the guy. But no, the main event, not... the main event is Rakic versus, uh, Alexander Rakic versus Jan Blachowicz. Oh, that's a good okay. fight. That's like a really that's, good fight. Yeah, that, that's more, that, 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 <laughs> Math works in my head a little bit more. Like, look, love Matt Brown in in his home, uh, in his you know hometown. That's great, but like a main another, event, would be like I'm a little another lost. example of just another fight, though. Yeah, I just... mean, you, Mike, I think the most telling thing we learned about the UFC's operations was that that little pie chart that Bobby sent us, where it's like, oh. here's the revenue streams, and when you see like, oh, the biggest piece of the pie is that ESPN contract. So yeah, it is just fulfilling just some contract. fights, baby. Just some fights. And that's kind of sad, right? Because if it was pay-per-view, then they have a financial incentive to give us something to to no, make worthy you know what's of sad? more money. Feel, it wouldn't be sad if if they told me like a certain percentage that was definitely going to the motherfuckers on these Just Some Fight cards. At least I could look at the card last weekend and say, you know what? At least Giga and Calvin each cleared like 200 grand on this thing. You know what I mean? Do you, guys, do you guys think if like... We doctored some video and made a fake Wikipedia page. We can get one of us into the UFC. Like no. as a fighter? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe at best, Mike, we'd get in some Dana White contenders and then get demolished by some legitimate person. <laughs> I mean, that was of all the things. Like, I mean, Mike didn't even say, like, well, maybe we could lie our way up to, like, the press credentials. Mike's like, no, can we just get on a card? Uh, do some enough. face swapping on. Like, I'm just some saying, not, maybe not like a pay per view, but you know. Let me say this also: when I watched Dana White talk about how he took all this random, stupid drugs that Joe Rogan told him to take when he had COVID, and uh, you know, while the man's boosted and vaccinated, and that's why he was okay. There was a part of me that said, like, you know, if I was one of those people who was going to uh, decide if I wanted to pay for this pay per view or not, or stream it illegally, an interview like this would make me think I'm cool, not paying this motherfucker a dime. Just saying. Um, all right, let's do uh, let's do stuff we like uh, because I checked and the only news I saw was that Misha Tate offended fighters, other fighters, by saying they shouldn't that she's not too des- she's not desperate enough for an OnlyFans. So, um, stuff we like. Let's talk about Peacemaker. Um, just so we're all on the same page here, Mark, you watched the first episode. Yeah, I've only seen the first so far. Mike, you've seen. I have seen. I think the first two episodes and I think 20 or 30 minutes into the third episode. Okay. So I've watched all three. So we're just going to talk generally about the premise and our impressions of the show. Um, I hope this is a really big deal, this show for John Cena, because I'm really enjoying it. Um, I liked it more as I watched more episodes. It's really quite funny, and John Cena has no problem just, like, fucking going for it, you know, and cursing and being in sex scenes, and I just, I don't, I mean, I don't think you need to have seen the movie either, the Suicide Squad movie, um, honestly, to be able to understand this show, um, but if you didn't, John Cena's character doesn't die in the second Suicide Squad movie, and Peacemaker, I guess we'd say, Marcus, is a kind of a hero, but really he does so much destruction and so much killing that he's 
kind of she's like a deranged Captain America. Maybe he kind of falls into like the anti-hero kind of thing where like he sees himself as a hero, but his actions don't necessarily align with what comic books usually dictate as like a superhero. He loves freedom so much. He doesn't care how many men, women and children he has to kill to get it. Something Mm -hmm. like that. Right. Or something as peace, not freedom. Um, I think it's just the same cast as to his in the movie, except they added um, I forgot the actress's name, but she played tasty on. um, Yes. From uh, Orange is the New Black. Yeah, I want to say her name is Danielle something. Danielle Brooks. There it is, Danielle Brooks. Um, she's in there. They got uh, you know, appearances from Amanda Waller in there, and the same team from before. Uh, and they got uh, Robert Robert Patrick, aka uh, was he the T one thousand in T two? T one thousand. T one thousand. Also in uh, the X Files as well for like a yeah. season. But he's playing uh, Peacemaker's dad, and he's got a pet eagle. I like the show, man. I think it's I think it's really good. They put first first three episodes up. I guess it's going to be every week on Thursdays. It's going to have an episode. I think. Um, I don't know how many episodes they're going. I'm just going to assume ten. That's just how these go generally. But that's cool, man. I like that. Uh. You know, Marvel's pumping out these shows left and right. DC does something every now and then that's actually good. So, Marcus, what'd you think? Uh, yeah, like I said, I've only seen the first episode, but I really liked it. You know, it was a little um, surprising before sui- the, you know, the second Suicide Squad movie came out. They had already announced they were doing this series with um, John Cena. And, you know, it was kind of like, okay, they, he must have done a good job in in that film for them to, you know, garner, you know, a spinoff series before, you know, the film was even released. And I think what, what's just as impressive, um, you know, about Cena being in it and a lot of the actors from the movie is that like James Gunn is also attached. I think he's the director or executive producer and it shows like it's a high budget show. It's a high effort show. And I think that's something that we, and again, like, I haven't seen a lot of the DC live action shows. I heard Doom Patrol is really good, but I haven't seen it, so I can't personally vouch for it. I can. Um, good show. <laughs> but there's also a lot of DC shows that just aren't of that caliber and aren't trying to be what Peacemaker is when you look at like all the CW shows, right? Like The Flash and Days of Future Past or whatever that, that little group thing was. Like Those are Legends a very... Of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow like and Green Arrow. Like, those were very different types of shows, and this is very you know, R-rated adult humor. Um, and I think for the most part, like a lot of it lands, you know, at least for me, a lot of the jokes I thought were funny. I thought John has a lot of charisma that works well. I think they have a lot of comedic actors that play off of him very well. And special effects wise, it's big budget. You know, there's a lot of money going into this show. And I think sometimes for shows to be successful, you need to have that. You can't really, I think when you're working with a limited budget or a limited scope, it kind of makes things just not feel as authentic or that it, the show can really go anywhere it needs to go. Um, but yeah, so, so far with, you know, just watching one episode, I, I really do enjoy it quite a lot. Um, but I'm also kind of worried too. Like, yeah, if it, if it isn't as successful as, you know, DC and the people producing it think it could be, this could be a, you know, a failed project. And I don't want that to happen because I think it's quality, but yeah, so, so far I've really enjoyed it. You know, I still have, Two more episodes to go, and we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. But just on you know one episode alone, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed the show, and I'm excited to see more. So very blue show, very uh, they take advantage of being on HBO, um, and uh, I just like how John Cena is just fucking all in. I don't know, 
I just, he seems like a guy who works hard. Oddly, and I don't know him and him and the he's Rock. Very, similar he's to very the Rock. committed to his roles, whether it's his role in the WWE or his roles in acting. I mean, his first real star turn as an actor was uh, the bit part he had in that Amy Schumer movie, a uh, train wreck. I think it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he he was great in that movie, as you said, you know, being kind of blue, and I think that's what what's propelled him in a lot of his acting. Uh, you know who he was playing in that movie? That, wasn't he playing uh, John Cena? No, I mean he's basically playing Dolph Ziggler. It was about it was because she used to date Dolph Ziggler. Real Amy not kidding. Schumer used to date Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, that's a whole different side note. Yeah, when really? he talks about she has she had these like stand up bits about dating a dude who was just too in shape and stuff, and dating a wrestler. That that was him. <laughs> <laughs> that's Dolph. <laughs> not that, n- not that, not that. Amy Schumer is an ugly lady, but Dolph Ziggler is a beautiful human being. Yeah, and Dolph Ziggler used to date uh, what's her name, um, Nikki Bella, before John Cena did. Yeah, you see that makes. It's all sense. connected. Yeah, it's yeah. all connected, buddy. It's all connected. Okay, um, but yeah, um, that's really it. I, I and then I played uh the, the game with with, with Mark. Um, I forgot the name of it. D Rock Deep Deep Rock Galactic. You got it. There we go. That was really fun. Um, but yeah, that's all I really got this week. Mike, what do you got? Man, actually, you took what was going to be my main one because uh, I started watching uh, Peacemaker. Well, I was eventually going to watch Peacemaker, but you really wanted someone to talk to at some point about it. This you don't feel when I said that? I was like, oh, Bobby, might talk about this other show. He, t- he pretty much cajoled me into watching this fucking thing. <laughs> uh, you know, I probably should have thought that, um, but... But I, I, I didn't. Um, no, you know, I think the thing I'm going to like this week is the Pfizer vaccine because um, I started getting sick. You're alive uh, and talking to us? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I started getting sick a Friday before last. And normally my sicknesses, I've never had the flu before. Um, so normally my sicknesses, I get a cold for like a day. I feel like shit for like a day. And then I'm basically just all healed up. And I felt like absolute shit for about five or six days for the most part. Bobby's giving me a look. Well, what's wrong with you? Mike missed two days of school because the nachos he ate at Chili's were iffy. That's that's <laughs> nachos that's that the rest issue. of us ate. That's tummy <laughs> issues. Right. Two I'm days. Talk, the next a- two days you didn't come to school. I'm talking an actual sickness, you know, like. Okay, I'm just saying. Well, all of a sudden, like, I got sick for a day. Then I'm fucking. I put the helmet and pads on. I'm ready okay. to fucking go. All right. Like that. That is external pressures. All right. That was me shitting, shitting my guts out for two days. Okay. Because of whatever the fuck. Well, whatever. Like shit they put into that Chili's burger. Okay. <laughs> I've gone to Chili's after that. I love Chili's. This is <laughs> I was gonna say we still want that Chili's Chili's sponsor. Don't go to Chili's, all right? <laughs> all I got right, that go ba- I got that bacon cheeseburger afterwards and it was amazing as it always was. Okay. Um but no, but in 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 all seriousness, um I don't think I'd ever felt so shitty for such a long period of time. And uh one thing I thought about when I started to feel better um what last Wednesday was this is how I felt having been vaccinated and boosted and probably very stupidly I started thinking oh this is why so many people died um you know in the in the first year of uh, of this pandemic 
I mean, if that's how I felt, having had all of the protections afforded to me and being a fairly healthy guy, I mean, I can see why it, it affected so many people and, you know, caused so many deaths uh, before the vaccine. So thank you, Pfizer. Um, I hope the next time that I rely on you for medication is in about 30 or 40 years. Um, so cheers to you. I mean, buddy, you're on the you're on the biannual subscription, man. We're getting, we we get we get jabbed in May. I don't know what you're talking about. Did, um, did, did, did you just completely miss the dick pill joke I made? Come on, man. Oh, okay, fair enough. Sorry. Forty years. Come on. Well, my dick um, doesn't work anymore. Yeah, happy you're back. By the way, as much fun as I have making fun of you, it's I I it'd be the unfortunate show if I couldn't make fun of you. Um, Marcus, what you got this week? Yeah, it'd be really tough jabbing the dead guys. <laughs> <laughs> the belt, Mike, I think the belt would be coming up less often if it was like, I really bought this to spite Mike. I, I, I was going to start this fucking podcast. Ding dong, Gooms is dead. <laughs> Champ is here. That would have been it. <laughs> no, I, we're all glad that Mike's fine. I, you know, I, none of us were super, you know, uh, c- super concerned about your your overall well being, you know. I've, I and I didn't really hear much from Bob about you know you're not doing well, so I just assumed you were gonna brush it off like nothing. So I didn't know. Yeah, I had you down for five six days. That's pretty serious. So um, you know, hats off to you. And yes, the the vaccine and booster, you know, saving as many lives as it as it has is fucking awesome. Especially with how many people have been getting it recently. That's not the stuff I like this week though. Um, I did want to mention still playing Deep Rock Galactic. Like Bob said, um, couple, like three weeks in since uh, it came out on PlayStation Plus. I got a Deep Rock Galactic question. Mm. When you're playing mm-hmm. by yourself, mm. are you not, not playing happened, by yourself? Do you not, not play by not yourself? Okay. I'm not yet. Okay, but I, I, I know what it's like. Because mm-hmm. I'm curious if it's just like, because not that it's like hard, but it's not that easy. Like, I mean, you get could bombarded you, with those Could you guys. explain to us what Deep Rock was it Deep Rock Galaxy? Oh, Mike, Galactic, you got to play Galactic? with us, buddy. We got to get what Mike in the game. Yeah, you got plus, so you should jump on. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, we we did talk about it a little bit last week, but it's a four player. I've kind of been saying it's like a cross between Minecraft and Left 4 Dead, or even like Hell Divers, which came out on PlayStation uh, Four, uh, you know, years ago, which is one of my favorite games. Um, it's uh, objective based co op where basically you're a bunch of dwarves that go get drilled in underground, and whatever your mission is, whether it's mining a certain material or collecting alien eggs or escorting a drill or um, siphoning some kind of liquid gas. Um, you have four players. There's four different classes that have different weapons and abilities. And mostly you're kind of exploring this cave to find minerals and uh, complete your objective. And while that's happening, there's a like alien bug life form on the planet that's trying to kill you. So you're trying to fight that and um, you know complete your objectives. Um, and, you know, as a game, as a service type that this is, so far I've been extremely pleased with it. I think that there's constantly a carrot dangling in front of you, whatever you're doing. And once you achieve whatever goal you're trying to, there's a next thing to unlock. And then, you know, it just kind of goes on and on from there. And you're constantly unlocking cosmetic things. They're not really skimping out on you. So it's like, oh, you feel like if you want to look unique or different or cool, you have to put money into the game. You really don't. You put some time in, you'll start un- unlocking different beards and mustaches and hats and what have you to, you know, customize your character. So it really has all those things in Mike, place that. <laughs> Mike, in one hand, you got a you got a pickaxe. And then in the other hand, 
you got guns. And then you're you're smacking rocks, and then there's aliens you're shooting. Now, just also, <laughs> um, not to sidetrack you, Mark, but when you said dwarves, you mean like like dwarves like from Lord of the Rings, not yeah. like dwarves like little people, right? No, like Gimli. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yes. 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 Like the fantasy uh, dwarves, and I mean, and, and like these games, it all you know. I think a lot of the fun just comes down to you know, point to point you know, stories that unfold themselves in one that happened. When we were playing with Bob. Bob was playing the scout class, which is the class that I started playing as, which is, a. I think all the classes are really unique and fun, but the scout class is really interesting because a lot of these caves have a lot of verticality to them where you're trying to reach areas that are high up and you have to kind of figure out, okay, well, how am I going to get up there? And the scout has a grappling hook that he can just shoot into the side of a mountain and he just gets pulled right up. So at the end of our mission, uh, kind of like Left for Dead or Back for Blood, you know, the goal is for everyone to get to the escape pod, and then once you get in the escape pod, the the, the mission's over. So that was happening, and uh, we were playing with Stefan and Eddie. Bobby saved Stefan, and then I don't know where Eddie was, but he he went down, and I was like, "Well, Eddie, sorry, there's not a lot of time left for you. We got to get out of here." <laughs> and then, but Bobby's like, "No, I'll get you." And I don't know what Bobby did because I ran the fuck out of there. But oh, I Bobby grappled up to where Eddie was. I, I I killed all the bugs. I saved him, and then I left. <laughs> yeah, Bobby saved him, and 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 that was just like a fun little thing. And in those kind of moment to moment gameplay things happen all the time. Like there's constantly little things like that where it's like, oh, you just narrowly beat this or something weird or funny or goofy happen at any given time so yeah it's been a really great game i've you know i've thoroughly enjoyed it i think i'm gonna put more time into it i'm excited to play it yeah Bob. did we figure out or do you answer this to me if you already answered this when i asked you my bad i forgot but is there cross play or not yeah so it's I, I think right now it is cross play between playstations so you like i'm playing with my brother-in-law sean and chris and they're on ps4s and then I'm on a PS5, and I think it's free for both right now, right? Nope. Yeah, it's on PlayStation okay. Plus. So if you have Plus, you can play it and download it for free. Um, and then I think PC and Xbox you can play with each other, but I don't think you can play PC to PS4, PS5. And hopefully they can change that because that's, I mean, Back for Blood does it. There's other games that have full crossplay, but I have not heard that you can do that. And maybe I'm wrong. I might need to look into that more. But um, yeah, that's. My understanding yeah. of it. It's really fun, though, Mike. We got to get in on. Uh, it's one of those games I think I would only play with other people because it seems like that type of game just for me. Right. Um, but I would, you know, we should, you should, you got to get in on a game with us. That was fun. Yeah. And it, it's free. So, you know, can't beat that. Um, I did want to mention a couple more things before I wrap up. Uh, one of my favorite games, and Bobby, you're, you're a little familiar with this because Up, Up, Down, Down talked about it a lot. Um, they are making a sequel to Windjammers that comes out on Ooh. the 20th. Um, and Windjammers is a Neo Geo game that, uh, you know, is very popular in arcades and was basically a game that you couldn't really play on console um, until they had a digital release of it two, three years ago on PS4. And, and the uh, .emu, the developers that ported that over to PlayStation, have made a, a sequel, which really seemed unheard of. You know, it was definitely a very niche game. And it was a treat just to be able to get a console version of it because it was so kind of unknown and, you know, not a lot of people were clamoring for it. So just to get a port of it was fantastic. To get a whole new version of it is really exciting. So it actually comes out on the 20th. I'm very much looking forward to that. And I failed to mention the last couple of weeks, I have kind of gotten into, I don't know really what started this, but I started looking up. Uh, like boxing video games on YouTube. And I started finding a lot of videos for the Hajime no Ippo <gasps> 2 that was released in Japan. And the ha Hajime no Ippo games on PlayStation 2 were 
easily one of my favorite boxing games. Yeah, besides Fight Night Champion, I think they were my favorite boxing games. Um, the second version that was only in Japan had one of the best um, career modes, uh, and it was this thing that I always heard it's about. A career that, like, mode for Hajime yeah. no Ippo. Yes, so you can make so like Mikey might like this. You can make your own fighter, and it was it's detailed to a point that like I don't know if we'll ever see another game like this before, where it's like you had to dictate what they were eating. You had to, you know, have their training regimen. If they were eating too many like fatty acids, they gained too much weight, and you have to, you couldn't. Is, cut is weight this victorious boxers? Yeah, yeah. This is this is victorious. Well, we boxers. fought the bear. Yes, yes. That that's uh, part of the anime. That was so, that was excellent. Ones, yeah. So unfortunately, the ones that came out in the states were the first Hajime no Ippo for PlayStation Two, which was a really good game, but gameplay was a little wonky. The sequel that came out, Victorious Boxers Two, in in the states, was actually the third game that came out in Japan. Which was weird because it's actually the same as the second game, except they removed this really cool career mode. So what's cool about the career mode is not only was it extremely detailed, but depending on when you start your career, you could actually run into the characters that were in Hajime no Ippo. So you can be in the 125 weight class, and if you're fighting in the 80s, you fight uh, Dante and Ricardo uh Gonzalez and and, and those guys, and which was kind of interesting. But yes, yeah, so I kind of fell into this pit of watching because apparently there's a bunch of YouTubers right now that are discovering that game. And also I didn't know they came out with a PSP game that didn't have the Hajime no Ippo license. It was just called boxers road to the real. And that is just the career mode. So I'm watching a lot of people play that and it, it looks really cool and interesting. And I'd really love to get my we hands played on it the sometime. original, right? When I played with you, that was the original. Only the first one had the English release. I, yeah, I honestly can't remember if that was the first or second one. Well, the um, second one didn't have an English release. No, I'm no. Trying so, to, so, I'm trying to find this on so YouTube. There's now. three PS2 versions yeah. that came out in Japan. One and three came out in the States. The yeah, three, so All-Stars. Yes, All-Stars. And three is just the same as two, except they took out this really fucking cool career mode, which I really wish they would have left in. So, so just, I'm going to say Jesus. for sure the one we played was the first one because the first one came out about two days before your birthday in 2001. Yes. Yeah, I remember it was right around my birthday. Oh, and man. the Sorry. third one, which was second in the U.S., didn't come out to 2006. Mm -hmm. And we were in college. I think I it was definitely we were in high school. I can't so. go back and play this. Okay. Like... I just remember it, Mark. It, I just remember the bear thing, was hilarious. <laughs> it would be one thing if, like, I had played this back in like 2003, 2004, but I can't wait to go back and play something with graphics like this. No, I mean, the, what I really loved about the Hajime no Ippo games, and this is it le this is all leading me to I bought they the series, the first season, which is like 75 ep episodes, which I think is really like three seasons. I have three different opening and ending credits um, are all on Blu-ray. And I ended up getting all those and I'm watching it again. Cause I, this is one of my favorite animes. Um, but I, what I really liked about that game, no HUD, um, there's no health bar. There's no stamina. All those things are conveyed within the game itself. So you basically can tell how well your fighter is doing because he's moving really slow, which means his stamina is low. Or when he's getting hit, his reactions to getting hit are much more, you know, embellished. Um, so I, I, it did a lot of things that other games just weren't doing at the time. Um, I mean, graphically, it doesn't, you know, it is not the prettiest game in the world. It definitely is of that era. Um, but I was always a really big fan of it. And that kind of led me to finding out they released Blu-rays of the animated series. And I've been watching that. Um, and I never really watched it dubbed. And it's not great. It's not a great dub. Um <laughs> Especially having watched the subtitles and even not speaking Japanese, you can just tell by the inflections 
and the translations, like things just carried a little bit more weight in, in the dubbed um, when they were speaking it and things, I just don't think it was localized super well, um, but it's still incredibly enjoyable. I really love that anime. Um, when, so, you yeah, started, when you started saying uh, Hajime no Ippo, I, I said mm-hmm. that right? Yes. Yeah. Mike's eyes lit up like it was Christmas. He was like, oh, <laughs> awesome. I, I, you I never also, play these games? No. Um, I think he's just excited about the anime. I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was just excited to hear Hajime no Ippo, uh, you know, talk no, about like, it. No, I, I have like, a, I mean, this was fucking 20 years ago. But like, I remember that game was really fun. I remember playing it with like, I remember thinking like, this is just really well done. I mean, the bear stuff's a novelty. But like in general, the game was awesome. I thought. I thought the first one, at least the one I played with you, was really fun. So. Takamura, Takamura actually fought that bear. All right. There's mm-hmm. a. Did you play the so you, PS3 one? No, I, I I watched some gameplay of the other ones. There's one on Wii too, and they just they were by different developers, um, and it just didn't really have the same gameplay style that those PS2 ones did. Because um, th- those guys that did the PS2 ones, they went on to make a PSP Hajime no Ippo, and then this Boxers Road, and it, it's really that career mode that's really interests me because it's just like. I mean, that career mode is probably the best boxing career mode I've ever seen. Outside of all the nuances of, like, you have to dictate your diet and make sure your weight's in place and stuff. It's like you start ranking up nationally, internationally, in world titles, and then you can move up as many weight classes. There's really no restrictions. So just watching these other guys play is like, okay, yeah, I'm going for the national title. Now I got that. I'm ranked so high in the world title. And now after I've captured two world titles, I'm going to move up weight classes and become undisputed. And it's just like, it's really in-depth. And a, a lot of the guys I'm watching are playing this because they're waiting for the next boxing game, which there hasn't been one in ages. Um, it's called Esports Boxing Club, which is a really shitty name. But it, it looks really interesting. That game looks promising, and people are kind of filling the void until that comes out. And it just it does seem like a whole group of these people in that kind of atmosphere have caught on to Hajime no Ippo's career mode and really have gone into it. And it's all in Japanese, so it is a little bit difficult to navigate and understand what's going on. But uh, it's been fun to watch. I've been watching you know, a number of uh, YouTubers kind of play out their careers and having a good time watching it. So yeah, that's what I got this week. All right, guys. Well, we're back. We were back last week talking about fights. This week, we're talking about a pay-per-view. So um, we'll see what happens. We'll see who the heavyweight champion is, who the flyweight champion is come next week. Um, I believe we pretty quickly go into a card right after this one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, as, yeah, this one is this Saturday, the 22nd. And then on January, I'm sorry, we got a week off. February 5th, my birthday. Nice. Sean Strickland, assuming he doesn't get charged with any crimes between now and then, <laughs> uh, is taking on Dancing Jack Hermanson. Um and uh, this is uh, this is a real just some fights. Yep, card. <laughs> this is a real. This is a real just Oops some fights. Them up. I will not be spending about. my birthday watching this, unless Sean Sprickler Strickland is something illegal, which I will very quickly pick up my phone and watch the highlights of. Um. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, it's great to have uh, Corona Gooms back. See, I used it. There you he go. Asked. Nice. That's a call. Nice. Corona Gooms is back. <laughs> Um. So uh, we'll be back next week. We'll see who got any new champions. We'll see if Francis Ngannou punches Dana White. Possibly, that'd be awesome. I'm just waiting for he he wins this fight. Dana tries to get the belt. I'm not, he's not gonna punch him, but he just Dana tries to get in the cage. And Francis just bellows, "This is my cage!" You know, just scares him away. That's what I'm looking for. Um. 
Till then, until next week, I was Dr. Law. That was DJ Mark. And that was Lavender Gooms, a.k.a. Corona Gooms, just this week. Thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And how about them Niners? Fuck the Cowboys. Peace out. <laughs> yeah.